morning. Good morning. I am so happy and excited to be here in this building, on this stage. Dave normally on a Sunday puts me in the very, very back room in the where no one can hear us because I am with the wild and crazy kindergarten through fifth graders. And um, we have a good time. We play games, we worship, um, and we learn about Jesus. But today, I think it's safe to say at this point, he has let me back on the stage for the second time. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but we will find out. Um, For those of you, again, who don't know me, my name is Whitney. I'm the children's director here at Connect. And um, I've been married to my husband for nine years. We've been together since high school. So really, we've been together for like a bazillion years, it feels like. But um, we have two kids. Reese is six years old. She is in first grade. And then Finn is four years old. He's in preschool. So we are not the type of family to take big vacations every year. Um, We do little trips. We've done Michigan, the Lake of the Ozarks, Chicago. But this year, we've been really blessed to take some really great vacations. So in January, we actually surprised our kids and we took them to Disney World. And that was fun and magical and exhausting. So we needed a vacation after that vacation. So um, in May, we actually got to take them to Gulf Shores, Alabama. So that was especially exciting for me because I used to go there as a kid um, almost every spring break and we had the best memories. So I was excited to take our kids there um, and make some new memories. And normally for these longer trips, we do take a plane there. And I have a love-hate relationship with planes. Um, I like them because it gets us where we need to go within a couple hours. But I hate planes because one, they're very expensive. They're very expensive. Um, It's probably the cost of, I don't know, the the vacation itself. Um, But two, I get really bad anxiety, really bad anxiety on planes um, because I can't control anything at all. I can't control anything. So I've had pretty good situations on planes. Nothing bad has happened um, until we went to Gulf Shores in May. So that was a whole different story. So in Gulf Shores in May, we, um, we, we we get on the plane, the doors close, and I can feel my anxiety just going already. My anxiety is just up, uh, up the roof. And um, we get in the air, and the pilot comes on and does what he normally does. He says, you know, this is when we're going to get there. This is how long the plane is going to take. Um, we're probably going to be going through some storms. So at that point, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, we're going to be going through some storms. Okay, everything's fine. It's going to be fine. So then halfway through, I'm thinking, gosh, this pilot's great. This pilot's great. This is smooth sailing. Everything is good. There's not one bump in the road. The pilot comes back on the intercom and says, okay, I put the seatbelt sign on. If you guys could stay in your seat, we're getting ready to go through some storms. And he also says if the the stewardess could get their seatbelts on as well, that would be great. And I'm thinking, okay, if, if the flight attendants have to get their seatbelts on, I know it's going to get a little bumpy. I know it's going to get a little bumpy. So shortly after that, I kid you not, the plane just drops and drops. And I feel like we are going down. And I'm thinking, this is how we're going. This is how I'm going to end it. And which is some kind of a sick joke because flights just scare me. And it literally feels like I'm on a Six Flags ride just dropping and dropping. And it is horrible, horrible turbulence. So I have to put my hand across my daughter because I feel like she's going to fly out at the seat at any moment. My head is in my lap. 
I'm holding a puke bag because that's gonna happen at any moment. And I am, kid you not, I'm praying out loud. I'm praying and I'm saying, Lord, if you could just do anything for me, please just, just take away these storms. Let it be a smooth ride. Just get us to where we're going just very safely. Please just protect us, watch over us. And I'm not even being sarcastic and sometimes I can be sarcastic, but there are grown adults around us crying and screaming because this plane ride is so terrifying. It is just one bump and drop after another and it is just scary. It is scary. But we get there safe and sound, we land, and we have the best vacation, we make the best memories. But going through these storms were horrible, and all I had to do was rely on God at this time to get me through the storms and safely on the ground. So which reminds me, this is something I heard a long time ago, and it always has stuck with me, and that is you were either coming out of a storm, you're in a storm right now, or there's probably one around the corner. And that's so true with life. Where are you guys with life? Are you just getting out of a storm? Are you in one right now? Or if it's been calm, there's probably one around the corner. And what would your storms be called? What would you name your storms? We name our hurricanes. I mean, right now there's Hurricane Dorian going on right now. There's been Hurricane Irma, Harvey, Katrina. What would our hurricane name be called? Would it be storm divorce? Would it be storm financial situation that you just can't get your head above water? Would it be storm illness that it just keeps getting worse and worse and you are just not getting answers to? Would it be storm losing a loved one way too soon? What would your storm be called? What would the name of it be? And I find we normally do two things when we're in a storm. The first thing is I find that we blame God. We blame God. We say, you know what, you could have made this better and you didn't. You could have healed this person and you didn't. You have the power to do all these things and you're not helping at all. Or sometimes I feel like we wonder where God is. Where are you, God? I'm hurting and I'm suffering and I'm crying out to you and I feel like you are nowhere to be found. Where are you? So we either blame God or we wonder where God is. But here's what we need to remember, especially as followers of Christ. We need to never allow the presence of a storm to make us doubt the presence of God. Never allow the presence of a storm to make us doubt the presence of God. Because the storm, it's designed to increase our faith. It's designed to help us get a deeper experience with God and yes, what we know is true, storms are very unpleasant. They're just painful at times. They're uncomfortable. They can be life-threatening, but they normally, they normally come with a purpose. So I'm going to be reading through Mark chapter 4 today, and most of you probably have heard this story sometime in your life, whether it be reading through your Bible or maybe growing up in Sunday school, but it's when Jesus is in the boat with the disciples, and they are going to the other side of the lake, and a storm comes. So in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, it says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side 
of the lake, which I think this is already awesome because what he didn't say, he didn't say, you know what, just go to the other side of the lake. I'll catch up with you later. I'll see if there's another boat available. He doesn't say that. He says, let's, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowns behind, although the other boats followed. But soon, a fierce storm came up, high waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus, get this, their trusty leader, Jesus, is sleeping in the back of the boat. And not only is he sleeping, he's sleeping comfortably because it says with his head on a cushion. So he's just sound asleep during the storm. The disciples, they woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other, even the wind and the waves obeyed him. So I feel like there's so much going on in these few short verses. I think there's three actual storms going on itself. Three separate storms going on before, besides the actual storm. The first one, I think they're going through a storm of no control. So this is how I feel on planes. I have no control. I can't get out when I want to. I can't see stop the plane. I'm feeling sick. I can't get out for fresh air. I have no control, which gives me anxiety. These disciples are going through the same thing. They have no control. They have no control over the wind, the waves. They have no control with the water getting into the boat. So they're helpless and they're hopeless in this situation. The second storm they're going through, besides the storm of no control, is the storm of fear. They're, they're terrified. They're terrified. And we know this because Jesus even asked them, why are you afraid? So we know they're scared. We know they're terrified. I mean, could you imagine the disciples' response when Jesus says, why are you afraid? Oh, Gosh, I don't know, Jesus. Maybe because we're drowning, we're going to capsize. I mean, look around. Why do you think we're afraid? So they had this emotional instability because of all of these uncontrollable circumstances. So there's the storm of no control. There's the storm of just fear that they're going through. And thirdly, I think they're going through a storm of just eternal spiritual storm. An eternal spiritual storm. They woke Jesus up and they said, teacher, teacher, don't you care that we're drowning? I mean, look around us. We need your help. So this spiritual storm is because their circumstances were out of control. Their emotions have just gone crazy. And what was happening was not matching up to what they know about Jesus and what they've experienced about Jesus. Their experience was not matching up to that. So Jesus is in the boat. He's all-powerful. He does great things. They've seen him do great things. But where is he now? Where is he now in the midst of a storm? Well, he's sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. That's where Jesus is at. Have you been there before? Have you been in this situation that disciples have been? You wonder, gosh, Jesus, I am just going through so much pain. I'm going through frustration. I'm going through just sadness or illness. Where are you? Where are you? Do you ever feel like, gosh, God, do you care about my finances? Do you care about my situation? Do you care at all what I'm I'm going through in my life? You call me your beloved. 
You call me a child of God, but I feel like you're just nowhere to be found. Have you ever felt like this in life? Well, to make it personal, I have. I have felt this very much lately. My family and I have been going through a horrible storm lately that I have asked these same questions. So about a month ago, um, our small group and I went camping. So little fun fact about this, I have been begging my small group to go camping forever. I don't know why, I just, I'm into making memories and I think, let's go camping. So they did not want to, but they leveled with me and said, okay, we won't go somewhere camping, but we'll camp in my backyard. So we can go inside and we can all go sleep on the couch while you go sleep in the tent. And I did, I made it all night in the tent. I think I was the only grown up maybe. Um, But we had the best night that night. The kids were running around playing and laughing and we made the best memories. We were on a mountaintop that night. And you know when you hear you don't wanna get that phone call in the middle of the night? Well, you don't wanna get that phone call early in the morning either. So the night before I was in a mountaintop and I woke up in a dark storm. So um, my dad and his wife were vacationing, making memories of their own. And she passed the very last day with no warning, no explanation, no anything. She just left. She left my dad. And we've been dealing with the storm We've been dealing through the frustration. We've been asking the questions. We've been sad. We've been mad. We've been frustrated. We've been confused. We've been angry. I mean, we've been through every single emotion. And we've been dealing with this storm in our life that we just can't seem to get out of. But here's what I have learned. Here's what I've learned. God doesn't want these storms in our life to trump his promises. He doesn't want these storms in our lives to trump his presence because he is, he is in the boat with us. He's in the boat with us. So what do we do when we're caught in storms of life? Because we will be caught in storms and God promised us that. A couple weeks ago, Dave even mentioned in his message You know, we wish as followers of Christ, we could just push a button and say, okay, I believe. It's free, free sailing here on out. No, no anything, no bumps in the road, no anything. You are just good. But that's so far from the truth. It's so far from the truth. And in fact, in John 16, 33, Jesus tells us, he says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. If that's not black and white, I don't know what is. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. He doesn't say, you may, you may not, you may hit some bumps, you may be fine. No, he says, you will have trouble, but take heart. And this is the promise. This is the promise. I have overcome the world. And those are the promises that we need to hang on to. I have overcome the world. So during these storms lately that I've been living in and our family has been living in, I have learned a few things to kind of anchor my soul. 
The first one is just turning to Scripture, turning to Scripture. Dave talked about this the other day, just how God's Word can be the anchor to our life, and it is so true. So when life seems to be spiraling out of control, let God's Word be the very thing of our foundation to anchor our souls. And when things get darker and more chaotic, read these Scriptures. Say them out loud. Memorize them. Scriptures that He's in control. He has a plan to prosper you. He works all things out for your good. His timing is perfect. He never leaves your side. Those are the scriptures that we need to read and keep in our hearts, his promises. And besides reading scripture, the the other thing that has just given me peace is prayer. As silly and as easy as it sounds, prayer gives your heart peace. So instead of letting yourself deep into or go into a deeper, darker depression, pour your heart out to God. Give him your good, your bad, your ugly. Give him your true self. Tell him your fears, your frustrations. Ask him to bring your heart peace. He does not, what I tell, he does not want you to bring your perfect self. He does not want you to bring your King James Version self to him. He knows your heart more than anyone. He knows your heart more than you know your heart. So cry out to him. The day that we got the news that changed our family forever, I couldn't get myself to pray. I could not get myself to pray. I physically couldn't even say anything. I didn't know what to say. I knew in my head, gosh, this is the time I need to be crying out to God. This is the time I need to be in prayer. But honestly, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So the next day after that was a Sunday, and my husband said, you know what? I'm going to take the kids, and I'm going to take them to church. You just need to be by yourself and be. First, you need to shower, because remember, we went camping, but then you need to be. So first, I did shower, because that needed to happen, but then I spent the rest of the time just crying out to God. I just cried out to God. I gave him my, my frustrations. I gave him my sadness, my anger, but I also told him how much I loved him. I just spent the time crying out to God, which was so comforting because I know he was patient with me. He knew I would come to him when I was ready, and I did. And I just, in that moment, just felt his presence, and I just gave him everything I got that day. And then find purpose in the trials and praise him. Find purpose in the trials and praise him. Last week, we talked about this. Not only just praise God on the mountaintop, that's easy to do. I mean, we praise God when we get the promotion. We praise God when things go our way, when our song comes on, when we get that front spot at the mall in the rain, we're saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God is good. But not only praise God on the mountaintop, praise him in the deep, dark valley as well. That's when we need to be praising him because that is when we get to know him the most. That's when we get to know him on an intimate level is in those storms. So yes, continue to praise him on the mountaintop, but praise him in those dark moments as well because that's where we 
get that relationship with God in those moments. God does not want us to be independent. He wants us to depend on him, which is so crazy because I feel like that is what society tells us to do. They tell us to be independent. Don't rely on anybody else. Just make sure you take care of yourself. But that's not how we're designed. That's not how we're designed. God did not design us that way. He designed us to be dependent on him. That's how he made us. He is the strength for us. So we are to depend on him in these hard times. He will be our strength. So throughout these storms, this is what I learned. To go to scripture. Everything in that book is God-breathed. Go to prayer. Pour your heart out to God. And find purpose in the trials. And praise him. Praise him. In this storm that we've been living in, I wish I could say, you know what, everything turned out great. Everything was great. It was all rainbows and butterflies. But that's just not the truth in our situation. It didn't happen that way. We're still in the midst of our storm, just trying to find peace in our hearts. But I've learned how near God actually is in this time. God is so near to us. He's so near to us that he has to whisper to us that he's so near. But we have to be still in his presence and pray to him, and that's how we hear him, because he's right next to us in our boat. He's right here. He's so close, he has to whisper. A couple weeks after this happened, I know Dave was asking me, you know, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And to be honest with you, I felt kind of ashamed. I felt ashamed because I was feeling very weak. I was feeling weak. Because I, I, I think, okay, I'm here on a Sunday. I'm teaching these kids about God's promise and God's love. And I know that. But in this moment, I felt weak and not strong enough. But I soon realized, I soon realized I don't have to be strong enough. That's not my job. God is my strength. Jesus is my strength in these storms. That's all I need is his strength, not my own. I'm human. I can't do it all on my own. In second service last week, um, I was talking to one of my amazing second service leaders who, gosh, I learned so much from my leaders alone, and she's going through a storm herself. And we're talking, and I'm asking how she's doing and everything that she's going through. And, um, you know, we're just kind of talking back and forth. And she asked me how I was doing. And I said to her, I said, you know what? The biggest thing that drives me crazy, my biggest pet peeve is when people come up to me and say, time heals. I, I just, I don't like that. I just, when, I hate when people say, oh, well, time will heal. Because the truth is... The truth is, and this is what I told her, I don't want time to happen. I don't want time to happen because my reality and my truth is if time happens, that takes me further away from my stepmother, my dad's wife. 
time. I don't want her to be a distant memory. I don't want time to happen. Time scares me. And she looked at me, and she said, and it will always stick with me, and she said, time doesn't heal. Time does not heal. But Jesus does. Jesus is the only thing that will heal. And that I will always remember. So if you find yourself in a storm, here's what we need to remember. Here's what we need to know. Is you have access to a real and ever-present power of a good God. Of a good God who is available to guide you and assist you in your time of need, in your storm. Because we will go through storms. You're either in one right now or, again, there's probably one right around the corner. And sometimes, sometimes he will still the storm. Sometimes he will. Sometimes he'll rebuke the wind and the waves. And sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he doesn't. But he will give us the strength to endure the storm, the wind and the waves. He'll give us strength to endure it. So here's what we need to do as Jesus followers. We need to focus on Jesus in our boat because he's in our boat. Keep our eyes off the wind and the waves and the water getting in. Focus on him. Trust in him. Hang on to him, especially his promises. Let him work in you and through you. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't carry you through it, he will at least walk alongside of you and get you to shore. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for being with us today, Lord, and just please just carry us through these storms that we go through and just walk alongside us and give us the strength that we need, Lord, because you promised us these storms. You promised us these times that um, we can only get through with your strength, Lord. I pray that you just give us the, the wisdom and the knowledge to lean on you in these time of needs because that's how you designed us. You designed us to lean on you. Lord, we love you so much, and we pray this in your name. Amen.